This is the Career Realities Podcast with me, Ethan Crane, a series of interviews that attempts to contrast the realities of modern nine-to-five careers with how they are presented to graduates and school children. Traditional careers advice tells us if you work hard at school and university, this is the ticket to a life of fulfilling work. But as my interviewees demonstrate, it is not as simple as that. In these interviews, we reveal how fulfilment in traditional careers, however good they seem from the outside, is always hampered by the culture of work. And my interviewees show from their own choices how genuinely fulfilling work comes from the work you discover for yourself. These career reality interviews are a complement to my book, The Tyranny of Careers and the Joy of Work. More essays and information on the book can be found at www.ethancrane.com. That's Crane, C-R-A-N-E. Hope you enjoy the podcast. So welcome to the second of our Careers Reality podcasts. And today I'm talking to Jackie McCulloch, who, among other types of work she does, is a photographer, a workshop leader, a mentor, and many other things that she'll tell us about. So Jackie, welcome to Career Realities. Thank you very much. So as I do with everyone that I um, uh, ask to come for an interview on here, is first of all, I ask them, what, when people say to you, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Um, of late, I find it quite difficult. <laughs> um, sometimes I, um, I've taken to saying now that I just do a lot of things. I do a number of different things because that's just easier than trying to explain lots of different avenues that I do, I suppose. And do people understand when you say that? Because we, we kind of know, don't we, when people say, what do you do? They're meaning, what do you do for paid work? So yeah. if you go into sort of a deeper explanation, how, how do you phrase it to people? Um, yeah, people don't necessarily understand. They don't, they kind of want to, um, I suppose, put you in a paid work box and understand that that's who you are. And sometimes I think it's a lot harder to explain that you, you have a number of... Um, uh, different personalities or different ways that you work, I suppose. Um, if I go and explain a little bit more, I generally say that um, I do some work for money and then I also do, um, I'm a photographer, artist, workshop facilitator and I do some volunteering. Um, and then that doesn't still give the explanation of all the other little bits that I do as well. So, yeah, okay. I think it's hard. It is hard, I think so, yeah. I mean, this is part of what these these uh, podcasts are about, really, about how we think of the question, what do we do? But maybe we can go, to start with, we can go back to um, your kind of work history and perhaps you could just say a little bit about the jobs you first did when you uh, left college and how you got into doing those and what you understood about the potential for what you might do as a career when you, when you were younger. Wow, that's going back a little bit far. Um, so I was always kind of interested in music and the music industry. Um, and when I was 17, I did a work placement with a music management company. Um, uh, and I went there with kind of the intention that that would be for a few weeks whilst I was at college studying for a media studies, um, an HND in media studies, I think it was possibly. So it was the equivalent of a couple of A-levels. Um, and then they just wanted me to stay and at that point I thought that I was going to go to university and study for some sort of music management 
degree or something, which I'm not even sure really existed, but I thought that's what I was going to do. Um, but they persuaded me to stay, and they just said, um, look, you learn a lot more along the way of doing, working with us. So um, I guess I didn't really know it at the time, but I sort of became a personal assistant, so I did that, um, and I was at that first job for four and a half years. So I was there quite a long time. Massive learning curve. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was really interesting and I think the thing at the time and probably on reflection, the thing that I really enjoyed being around was the creativity, was working with creative people, understanding the kind of mindset of creative individuals, um, being around that, um, you know, kind of visual, so I really loved the photography, really loved video, so any time we had any kind of show reels or... Um, photographers books to look at I was always the first and really interested but I never knew that that would come to anything at that point I always I didn't understand that I was a creative individual I just thought I was a person that could assist in those things but not really be at the forefront of that because it was never really I guess it was never really talked about or considered that that's that was an option for me or how I got how I would be able to go to that so um so what had you thought you might do when you were at school? Had you had any idea what you might do for work when you when you left? I knew that I kind of I knew that I I was interested in I guess music and entertainment and I knew that um I wanted to work in that industry. Um I didn't I never thought that I'd have the talent to be someone up front and doing any of those to sort of musician or a singer or I never really took up any of those things so I knew I was never going to be that but I knew that I quite enjoyed being in that or wanted to be in that industry I didn't really know so much about it um I think at the time I never really thought I would end up being a personal assistant for a long time which I did do um I thought I'd go into more kind of music promotions or other things like that but I think as time went on I realized that wasn't really for me it was all a bit too um I don't know what the right way to explain it is. It wasn't really for me. That's probably the best way. Well, maybe it's quite. I'm quite interested. What What was it exactly? Do you think that didn't think it was for you? Because this is kind of what's what's talking about as well. Is what is it about traditional careers that sort of makes people feel that's not really for them? I think, I think, and and I think I'd say this probably only in retrospect, and I didn't realise that at the time. That I think I had a lot of good friends. Um, in the music industry who were in it for the right reasons and they were in it because they loved music or they were walking talking kind of bibles of what different genres or what it was about and they absolutely loved it there's a lot of people in that industry that aren't in it for those reasons and they're in it for very different reasons of wanting to chase fame or be in that kind of lifestyle or live that kind of you know dream if you like and and I think I kind of realised that I wasn't the person that was lived and breathed music and I wasn't, you know, I, I couldn't, if I wanted to do something, I wanted to do it with heart and I realised that actually my heart wasn't really in that side of stuff. Um, I enjoyed the supporting people, I enjoyed being around creative people, I enjoyed um, those kind of conversations and realising creative things, but I didn't really, I didn't really know how that would pan out, I suppose. And I think... Um, I just ended up moving from job to job, being a personal assistant. So I moved, so I worked at a management company. Then I moved to, well, actually, I moved to Cambridge and commuted to London for a little bit. Um, and a DJ management company. Um, and then from that, I worked at a, 
uh, record company for a little while. And then on and off, I kind of worked in lots of different record companies, music management companies, managers, but generally quite um, either executives or MDs or directors of departments. Or I'd always kind of moved working with people at, at quite a high level, I think. Um, and that comes with its interesting things. <laughs> are, are they the people you, you're talking about who are perhaps not in it for the creative reasons like the like the musicians are, but you're saying, are they the people who are in it for other reasons? Um, some and some not. I think some are very good and some... Um, but you end up with quite interesting characters, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Um, people who, um, you know, you have to... And I think this comes with any of the kind of personal assistant jobs, and I think that's probably given me a lot of grounding for other work, is you have to find a way to work with people and they're not always on the same wavelength as you. You have to know when is the best time to approach for certain things. You need to know um, how to manage someone. And that often is what that kind of job entails. You have to manage someone, their characteristics and their personality. And sometimes that's quite a balancing act. Sometimes it really is just knowing when the right time to approach is or you know, knowing when someone wants to plan versus someone just wants to, you know, kind of get on with a day in a different way, and and I, it's it's managing personalities. And that's that's not something you ever get taught at school either, is it? You kind of feel your way with that as well, don't you? I mean, I'm, I think there's a lot of people who actually have very good skills at that, but are possibly not so academic, and actually yeah. those skills would see them go so far, wouldn't they? And, mm. in, in that kind of that kind of role. Yeah, I think I was never very academic and I think um, for me a lot of the stuff that I did I was always better at kind of coursework, I was always better at um, longer term planning projects um, which kind of I think that leads very well into doing a kind of personal assistant job. I was never academic in that sense and I, and I think it's only taken me a long while to kind of work out that actually that doesn't equate to intelligence or that doesn't equate to various things that you assume at school or in that sort of education that actually there's lots of things that I'm very good at and there's lots of things that aren't taught in school or, you know, the things, the characteristics that you possess as an individual, yeah, that it, it has some value, I suppose. Difficult to measure maybe, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but yes, you're not taught these things in school. So... If we move on a bit from like, so you said at some point you realised that you were never going to make a long, long-term career in this because you had other things you wanted to do. So what, mm. what, what were these other things and what prompted you into sort of having that realisation? Um, I think uh, I was feeling quite unsettled. I think, I guess this must have been seven or eight years into kind of working, doing personal assistance. So I'd moved from the job of, um, in from... The first job I had was in Newcastle, so that was four and a half years. I moved to the DJ management company. I moved to a record company. At that point, I was wanting more. I didn't I didn't want to just be assisting someone else, and I kind of wanted to have a bit more. And I didn't really quite know what that was. And then a job came up in the video department, um, and at the same time, I was thinking about going travelling. So I applied for this job, and I just thought, whatever happens, happens. Let's let's see. Um and my, uh, one of my managers at the time was really annoyed that I'd applied for it because I did re- very well. 
and he was a bit like I wasn't quite expecting that from you and they had to find a way to kind of manage that process of interviewing me and maybe that I'd leave the job that I was in to go to that job so they were a bit miffed at actually I was quite good at this um so yeah I had a lengthy kind of process I had to do some sort of homework and work out like a kind of creative plan of what I do for the job and all of this this was what so this was making videos was it so it was yeah. an assistant within the um video department so I guess you'd be working a lot with um directors and photographers and and I and I'd realized that a lot a lot along the way that I was really interested in that so this was like wow this is this would be amazing and again still an assistant role but feeling like you'd be a bit more embedded in that work um so yeah I applied for the job and then it was at the time when the industry just wasn't doing very well and they put a stop to all the kind of they basically interviewed me said if this um they put a stop to all the headcount they couldn't take in any more people so they were like if if actually we could you would probably get the job but we have to stop employing anyone at the minute and that was kind of a bit of a turning point because it was like okay well I know I don't want to be here I'd love to have done that job and had that opportunity but I'm done I'm out so at that point I kind of decided to go traveling and go to I went to Australia India Thailand I went away for about a year and a half and then in that time I did a short photography course when I was away because I knew I was kind of quite interested in that and I loved it absolutely loved it and I spent a lot of my time traveling kind of taking pictures and going out and exploring and um and then I applied when I was in India on a really bad internet connection <laughs> and trying to apply to go to uni through the UCAS application which is always which is difficult enough in itself let alone doing that from India with a bad internet connection no way of accessing any of your paperwork and trying to write a um a personal statement whilst everyone else is having loads of fun and you're stuck in an internet cafe so I applied to go to uni to do a photography degree and got in so so in 2006 so that was three year three year course yeah so that was about four years ago you would have finished that and so it's since since 2009 you've been sort of working for yourself really or doing yeah. doing work that you've generated and that you're yeah. really interested so explain to us a bit about how when you finished your course how you how your sort of work life changed in that in as far as like you know if we're interested in what the work you do for money versus the work you do because you love it yeah how did that change for you then um well, I think there's a couple of things. I think when I went to uni, I still thought I'd be interested in doing something in sort of the entertainment, music or fashion or something. And I think as I went through that degree, I realised that I wanted something a bit more meaty and I wanted something with a bit more value to me and that was um, that meant something to me. Um, so I come from quite a big family. Um, my parents, my mum and stepdad have fostered for a number, a number of years. So... Um, a lot of the work that I did when I was at uni focused on that sort of fostering adoption and, and looking at those kind of themes. And I think that was really important kind of development for me as a to become a freelancer. Um, so, yeah, when I in my kind of final year at uni, I did a couple of projects that were on those themes. And one of them was um, working at an independent um, children's home that never really known much about kind of children's home we'd obviously focused a lot on fostering um 
so I did that project and they were really keen for me to do more of it. They were really interested in what I'd done. And basically I spent a lot of time in the children's hall, a lot of time observing, a lot of time interviewing people and then photographing the um, interiors. And so that company wanted me to do some work for them after that. And that was a great, that was, I guess that was my kind of freelance, starting my kind of freelance. And that was directly, literally directly out of university. And that was um, paid work, was it? That was paid work. Yeah. So, and I got quite a few projects through them and, and I loved it because it, it, in terms of kind of doing photographic work, it wasn't, it was commercial in a sense they were paying me, but it wasn't the same kind of commercial work that you might assume going into a job, doing it within a couple of hours and out again. I'd spend days and weeks there over a number of times just absorbing what this place was, what what made it... Um, why it was important and I interviewed I made sure I interviewed all the children all the workers so I had a really grounded view of what what was going on and I think that was quite important um for me so in terms of I guess previous work um what was interesting in the personal assistant background I guess is that I, a lot of the kind of planning and organizing was also really useful being a freelancer um and that I've been able to sort of dip in and out of that work um, when things have been quiet in the kind of freelance spectrum, which sometimes it is. Um, I don't know if that answers your question because I feel like I've gone on a slight tangent. No, no, that's, that's fine, yeah. So um, leading up to kind of like how you... So you still do that freelance photography work now where you're paid for it sometimes, um, sometimes, mm. not, not all the time. Um, so how, like in the present day, do you... What's your split between paid work and the work you do that you love? You know, and do you get paid? How much of it do you get paid for, and how much of you don't? Mm. It's quite interesting, actually. Um, I would say that what happened, if I just go back a little bit, what I did out of uni is I um I didn't take on any other work, and I was totally freelance. So I was only freelance doing that, and I didn't take any other part time work or anything. Um. And that was really liberating and brilliant, but it was also very difficult financially. So it was quite um, hard to work through, really. Um, I got to a point where I kind of didn't want to worry so much about money and I loved what I was doing. I took on a full-time job in a really brilliant organisation, a, a sort of theatre organisation charity in London that um, work with young people and things and it was great and I did that full-time but what I find is that that then didn't give me the opportunity to do the work the other work that I wanted to do the creative work that I wanted to do so the workshops the photography the other things so I'd gone from being freelance and not doing any other work to working full-time and not really doing a huge amount of um, my kind of freelance work so now um, I do a three-day-a-week personal assistant job that pays me money, um, that pays me enough money, um, and then I do other things in my other time. Um, so that's kind of the split, and that I feel like is a much better balance than I've had either, other, either, either way. Um, so um, I don't do a huge amount of commercial sort of photography work, if you like. I take on different projects. I do kind of art projects, I guess, which aren't self-funded projects for myself um but I do workshops that are paid um or different talks and things that are paid um and then I volunteer so I volunteer I've just started doing that with um ex-offenders so it's kind of mentoring with ex-offenders um 
and I'm I'm working on doing a, um, a workshop within the prison system with mothers um, within the prison system. So I've got lots of things, and I'm sure there's things that I've forgotten about. But yeah, the kind of the balance is um, three days a week of paid work, and then I guess I have the four days to myself to kind of work through either other art projects, other paid work, other volunteering things. And for me, that balance is is better than I've had before. And how about um, surviving financially? I mean, I'm sure some people listening would say, I couldn't work three days a week. I couldn't possibly pay all my bills and my rent and whatever. How Do, do you make many concessions in order to work just three days a week? Um, I think, I mean, I guess I'm the, I'm the sort of person that um, I don't, um, I don't want or need for much, so I I um I shop secondhand. Um, I don't go out to dinner huge amounts. I like having people around and eating with friends in that way. Um, so I don't live an expensive lifestyle anyway. Um, and that's not really what I want out of life anyway. So I'm much more interested in kind of connections. And if I'm thinking about clothes, it's you know I I like having something secondhand that's got another story. Um. So I don't live a kind of um, a lifestyle that would warrant necessarily having a huge amount of money. So that kind of works for me. I survive on that. Sometimes I'm, it's, sometimes I'm a bit, you know, I'd like a bit more, but I guess I'm working on other things um, that eventually, hopefully those things come into play, that the stuff that I'm doing and the way that I'm working will start to kind of benefit and make a bit more. Um, so I, I, you know, I like I like that balance. It it doesn't um, it doesn't bother me that I'm not rolling in cash. I'd like a little bit more, but you know, I guess that's just the way. Sure. So so if you um, your younger self who started off as a peer, or whatever, if you could, as you as you are now, if you could go back and talk to them and give them any kind of advice, would you tell them to do anything differently from what you've done, or what what would you what would you like to have known when you were 18 that would lead you towards the work you're doing now, maybe quicker, or maybe you don't think you need to have got there quicker, but what would you like to have known then, you think? Um, that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't know. I think there's an element of believing in yourself that's really important. I think... Um, you kind of get a bit lost along the way and sometimes you're not sure and actually I think believing in you and, and um, who you are and the fact that you you might not be so mainstream or you might not work in the same way as everyone else or I mean one of the things that I didn't mention is I'm quite dyslexic and I didn't find that out at school I found that out when I went to university and I never felt like I fitted in I never felt like I understood things in the same way and things with coursework was always really dragging on and they, they never really um, worked with me at that school and I think actually if I'd been able to work a lot more in a kind of creative and visual way I think I would have come on leaps and bounds before a lot sooner and I think um, just understanding that I guess if you're a bit different and you don't fit in that that's actually really valuable and that's a really good um way to view the world and you don't have to to fit into what everyone else thinks that you should and you don't have to do things that people think you should um I think when I was a lot younger I had lots of conversations about that you need to do a job for money I come from a 
big northern family that it's like, well, you don't do it because you like it, you do it because you need money. And I really always rebelled against that. I always thought I wanted to do a job that I loved, and when I didn't love it, I just wouldn't do it anymore. Um, so I think, I don't know, what I'd say to myself is actually just believing in yourself and understanding that um, actually you are, as an individual, quite unique, and that's okay, and you don't have to fit in to what everyone else thinks that you should. I think one of the really important lessons and, and one of the things that maybe has taken me a while to understand is actually being around like-minded people is quite important. So whatever that is for you, whether that is a creative thing or whether that is sci-fi or whether that is maths or whether that is, you know, whatever is your thing, I guess be around people that are um thinking and enjoying the things that you are because that makes you feel alive. It makes you feel like it's great. Like I love being able to talk to people who um really love stories and want to um or or interested in other people's stories. I like I like people. I like having those conversations. Um and I think you know I can talk about photography and you know there's things where suddenly when I'm around people that understand that it becomes a lot more valuable and I I feel a lot more um, valued because I you know it suddenly I'm not having a conversation with someone who doesn't necessarily understand that way of thinking or being or, or why would you want to be an artist what's that about or you know that if I'm around people that really get it it just makes a lot more sense it feels you feel a lot more alive I suppose that's all very interesting thank you very much Jackie for being with us today thank you You have been listening to the Career Realities Podcast with me, Ethan Crane. More books, podcasts and writing on the tyranny of careers and the joy of work, please see www.ethancrane.com. Thank you for listening.